All right, next up, leading us off here, uh, Ken and Anthony, as the two of them discussed T. Higgins. Because for Deshaun Watson, it would be it, it, right now on the top tippy top with T. Higgins in there. God, it would be an embarrassment of riches. You'd have Amari Cooper, hopefully restructured, T. Higgins. You'd have Elijah Moore. Then you would have uh, David Njoku. And even as the words come out of my mouth, they just don't seem to be realistic. So I, I'm asking more questions. If you feel he's a number one wide receiver, then, yeah, he's 25. Let's go for him. Let's, let's try to do this because then he could solve your problems. And I don't need to go to the draft and go after one of these guys that I'm not necessarily sure about because Andrew Barry has had a bit of a blind spot in drafting wide receivers. He has. He picked up Amari Cooper. Great pickup. Amari Cooper's been a wonderful player for this team. I mean, that, was, that's, that might be the best move Andrew Barry's had. Maybe it was. Certainly maybe it was. Some people brought up the money. I don't care about the money, and neither do you. And he certainly, I think he's been worth every penny for this offense. So I don't begrudge him for that. The Elijah Moore situation, you've been very critical of Elijah Moore. And that pickup for two, for a second round pick, Anthony. So I, I again, if if people want to bring in T Higgins, then it's it's got to, it's going to have to make sense long term. I think it would make sense long term. He's twenty five years old. He's good for a thousand yards every season. Only way it doesn't make sense is if you pay him like he's a top five wide receiver, and I don't think you would. I think you'd pay him like he's a you know twenty to thirty wide receiver, which is probably a little bit higher than maybe what he is. But you got to give up some assets as well. And there would be there would be picks that you'd have to go through because they would franchise tag them and you go that way. I just if if you have no confidence that you can draft a wide receiver, how do we get these wide receivers when Amari Cooper's gone? And Amari Cooper is getting older every single year. That's how life works, by the way. But he's not getting any younger. We got to start thinking about life after Amari Cooper. And for right now, why don't we have the best of both worlds? Amari Cooper, T Higgins, and David Njoku. Nick and Keith on double lunches. Lastly, Nick, I need your thoughts on double lunch guy. I've been double lunch guy. I can't criticize. So I will refrain from criticism. Just once. How about you? If you eat two meals in like three hours, what do we say about you? Like you're, you're drunk, and, both, high and call or them fat. and call them both lunch. And then when you're, you get called on it, you say, no, actually, one's dinner. You're, you're you're pushing the envelope. That's what we would say. If you did that, I would say you're pushing the envelope. You're trying to get away I mean, away we're not naming it. names around here. You're, but You're trying to steal home. All right? That's what you're trying to do, and it's okay. You know, and certainly, you know, if, if like Mac ever did that, right? Our board out here, Mac. Yeah, we wouldn't even talk about we, it, though. We would never talk about double lunch Mac. Never Keith, do it. You know? Oh, watch out for Keith. You gotta watch out. You shouldn't use the microwave around me. I'll, I'll see everything you do. Nothing gets by the assassin. All right. So clearly, Mac is the one with the two lunches today, and that's fine. That's, I mean, that's what I got out of that story. Let me tell you the fattest thing I've ever done in my life. Okay? Uh, because I'm not a double lunch guy per se, and as I'm six two, now two twenty. Make of that what you will. But we're on the way down as well. I'm eating a lot of protein. I'm working out. I'm running every morning. Like we're doing all right. I'll be at 210 in a month. Be uh, Maybe. Maybe that's a little lofty of me. Anyway, fattest thing I've ever done. Boom, tell me if you've ever done this one as well, because you're prone to do multiple lunches. You're a skinny guy yourself, but you're prone to go ahead and do this. Fattest thing I've ever done is go through one drive-thru and eat, uh, like, you know, get the order, whatever it is. And then in the drive-thru of another restaurant, like another like fast food place, eat the first drive-thru's food while waiting to order and then get the next drive-thru's food 
and then go from there. We call that, that's the double-double, okay? And it's fantastic. I've done it multiple times in different cities that I've lived in, and I don't regret it at all. You know what? I can't say that I've done that exact thing, although I have gone from back-to-back, like, drive through places for two different things. Oh, so you've gone, like, I like the fries from here, and I like the burger from here, so I'm going to combo it up? Been a while, but I have done that. Okay, that's a lot better than mine. I'm, like, I two mean, full meals. I'm, like, I got one full meal here, I eat it in the drive through as I go through the other drive through and then I order that one, I take the other one to go. Usually, I'm, I'm not much better, though. Usually, I'll just order two meals from the same drive through It's kind of, it's almost the same thing. Almost. A little less effort. I feel like mine's more creative almost in a little bit of a way, It is more creative. I'll give you props there, JP. Thank you. It's the fattest thing I've ever done in my life. But uh, I've done it multiple times, if we're being honest with ourselves. And we're friends here, so why not? All right, next up. (whistles) Jeff Phelps on his NBA Top 5 with Baskin and Phelps. Here we go. If I had to start a team right now in one guy, five-year time frame, as my centerpiece... Andy picked Tyrese Halliburton of the Pacers. Menegan took Jokic of the Nuggets. I'll take Giannis. And then it could go. That's hard not to. Well, I, 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 I think I think those are three really key guys, though. I think they're really interesting guys that, that could all be a part of that. Giannis is only 29, which you kind of think of him as being younger. But he's been around a while. He's 29. The one thing, the one thing that gives me slight pause is something that Dan pointed out about Jokic. Jokic isn't going to lose a whole lot of athleticism because he didn't have a whole lot to begin with. Giannis's game is a, a big part of it is predicated on what an athletic freak he is. And he's he's so athletic. You know, at his height, to be able to do the stuff that he does and to play small ball as well as he does, I wonder if his athleticism goes away, if he's still the same player. I think he is, which is why I would make him that guy. But like Jokic, he already has a title, and I think his best years are still ahead of him. So I, I think that's the that's the guy to go with. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I, Giannis would be my call, okay? But we're talking – so the, the, the base of the conversation was who you're picking that will be great over the next five years. Not necessarily your top five, but who's great over the next five years. And I think that's a different conversation than just saying Giannis is the answer, although I do think Giannis is the answer. I think Giannis is there. I think Jokic is there. SGA has to be involved in this as well. Wemby has got to be involved. Tatum's involved. I didn't put Halliburton in there. I'm just not ready to put Halliburton there. I know a lot of people are. I'm not. And I'm sure I'm missing a person or two. And Bede's got to be in there as well. For my money. I am putting Giannis as the person that I am taking. And I know Giannis' skill set will drop off. I understand that. I get that. Uh, But for the next five years, we're not talking about the next ten. We're talking for the next five. Giannis is not going to be LeBron. He's not going to play until he's 40. Giannis is going to be 35, 36. His knees are going to look like oatmeal, and he's going to be cooked like a rotisserie chicken. He is not going to be able to play. That's just how these NBA bodies go. I mean, Larry Bird was done at 34. You're not supposed to be great the way LeBron is great late. But what I think the NBA has done a horrific job of is promoting these young stars like SGA, like Halliburton, like Tatum, like De'Aaron Fox, promoting those type of players – and getting us ready for the next wave of superstar basketball. 
You know, like, LeBron and Steph being the Saturday night NBA game wasn't great for the NBA. They needed to be promoting the younger players, the guys that are going to be the new wave of the NBA, and the guys that are going to carry the league. I, I always thought David Stern had a real hard problem carrying the league once MJ left, but he was boosted up by the fact that after MJ left, you had the strike in 99, but then, you know, a guy named Kobe Bean Bryant was right there to pick up the pieces, and between Kobe and Shaq, they were able to get through it. And then you waited and you bid your time until LeBron James came. And then before you know it, you had superstar into superstar into superstar. And the world was right. But Kobe and Shaq bridged that gap in a way that I don't know how the NBA does it. And they need to start thinking about, need to start, uh, be to start thinking about these things. Like they need to consider these type of things. Like how do we get the next superstar and how do we build them up? So that on a Saturday night, Anthony Edwards needs to be in this discussion as well. Like these young guys that are awesome and are fun to watch, how do we get the me's of the world interested? Where I watch every Cavs game and I talk about it with you guys, I bet on a lot of NBA games. I'm always interested in the game of the night. I always got the TNT matchup on. On Saturday, Sundays, I'm floating through the channels. I want to fall in love with the NBA and stay in love with the NBA. But you're not giving me good enough reasons to. You're just not. And on Saturday night, they whipped. There was a reason why the women's college basketball game that was on with Caitlin Clark had a higher rating than the NBA game. It's a bad sign for the NBA. All right, next up, Ken and Anthony on not suitable for work texts. Apparently, one of my buddies who is a doctor okay, played one of those videos, Whoa! and there were a bunch of people around him, and there was a word said that you're really not supposed to say ever, and that word was said, and he goes, Lima, you're supposed to say NS, what is it? Not say for work. Not NS. say for yeah. work. Why would he? No. I think the onus is not on me. At least I thought the onus is on you. Wait a minute. And how you're going to open these up. You have to know. So it's not... If, if you say something, if you, if you send something that's tawdry or something like that, shouldn't you understand the person sending it to you? I, I, I thought the thread that like you're sending it on. My mother-in-law texts me from time to time. It's very rare. But if my mother-in-law sent she me... send you those videos? If my mother-in-law sent me the, uh, like, the uh, uh, one of those things that you click on when the weather is there and it's the guy sitting on the edge of the bed without pants. Oh, yeah. If she were to send that to me, I'd be pretty shocked. But if you were to send that to me... Or a mo- any number of people, it's like, I know where this is going. We're not going to be fooled by this. Like, that's one of the things that I think that that is there. Like, if you send me something, I imagine it's not going to be uh, too great. <laughs> if Owen sends me something, I imagine it's not going to be like too great. Like that one from the uh, Brownstone in Brooklyn? You like that one? Okay, we're moving on from that. Like, I don't <laughs> – the responsibility ultimately is of the person opening up the phone. I agree with Gunn. The responsibility is on the person that opens the phone. You got to know what's coming from Lima there. Like, they, he's not, that's not, that's not a surprise, right? You got to know who's sending these. It's, it's 100% on the person. Now, I, if you follow along with the story later on, it sounded like Lima had mentioned that basically it seems like they formed a new group that Lima was, was left out of. That's also a repercussion of that. That's an adult right there not willing to admit that they, they didn't handle it very well. And I don't mean Lima. I mean his doctor friend. Like, I'm sorry you opened it up and you look like an idiot. Don't punish Lima for that. Please. 
That's on you. No other way to look at it. I I had an incident, not incident. I want to I want to use this right. I sent a friend of mine, uh, someone we know and someone we mutually know, started a one of those websites that pays people a lot of money. Okay, stay with me here. And you know, somebody sent it to me. I was like, all right, I'll send it to the mutual friend we have that knows this as well. And so I clearly put NSFW on there because it was the time of day that both my, my friend and my other friend in the group chat that has no affiliation to it are at work doing their day jobs. Like, you don't want to open this up and accidentally see something at work that you're not supposed to see at work. Clear as I, I even put the siren emojis there to make it as obvious as day that, like, don't do this at work. You'll get fired, Okay. So maybe Bima can learn a lesson from that, but it's on the person that opened it up. Uh, no excuses there. All right, next up, Nick on pressure between Deshaun and Stefanski. There is how it should be, and then there's how it will be. And those are two different paths in the conversation about things like pressure heading into a season. And so I put this up because I just I didn't get the sense that, that many people agreed with me that Kevin Stefanski will face more pressure in 2024 than Deshaun will. And so I put this up there. Uh, Anik Wilson says, who has more pressure on them heading into 2024? And 91.7% of 84 votes saying Deshaun Watson. And there's some good responses here. I don't necessarily agree with everything everyone's saying, but there's some really good responses here. Uh, Gene saying, Watson sees and hears all the talk. He knows what it is. That is a kind of pressure. It really is, and I, I would I would guarantee you there is some internalized pressure because it was like when LeBron, okay, different scenario, but when LeBron went to South Beach for the first time in his career, he was vilified, and you could tell LeBron didn't like it, and I think part of the conclusion of coming back to Cleveland and winning a title was trying to erase any shred of being villainized because he didn't like it. It's uncomfortable. All right. We, we'll touch on this one a little bit later on. I think as far as the question, like, who's got the most pressure? Is it Stefanski or is it Watson? I think it's for different reasons. Stefanski, if it goes poorly, this is his last year coaching the Browns. Where if it goes poorly for Deshaun, it's not his last year playing football for the Browns. But it might mean he never gets it back. So they both have a big amount of pressure on themselves. We're kind of arguing, like, who's got 100 versus who's got 99. But it's a fun discussion for a nice little Wednesday in the offseason. All right, leave that there. We come on back. Cavs game is about to wrap up. If they win, if they lose, we'll talk about it. We'll get your reactions, everything else in between. Tight game against the Pistons. It's not supposed to be tight against the Pistons, but it is. It's overtime with Jonathan Beadle here with you on the fan.